Episode 8. U.S. Soccer Grassroots is Flawed and It's Costing You. Here's a quote from Brad Friedel, arguably the United States' best goalkeeper. It's the technique, the technique, the technique, the technique. I've been to so many states here, and all the parents are so concerned about is winning. Winning, winning, winning. Winning is irrelevant when you are 11 or 12 years old. It is, really. At youth tournaments, I look at the technical ability of the players. Whether the team wins or loses, I don't care. For example, Mark Pulisic, Christian Pulisic's dad, knew that in this country, players are not given the tools to reach the highest level. This is why they did so many things, so many different things to help Pulisic get to the next level. And you can read his blueprint online. It's called the Christian Pulisic Blueprint. For example, his dad had him involved with a whole bunch of Brazilian players. Started a futsal league so he could grow up and learn how to play in extremely tight spaces. He had three separate, I'm not going to use the word trial, but opportunities to train with La Masia, Barcelona's famed academy. He lived in England for two years. This player left the United States many times and ended up getting a shot at Dortmund. His dad worked at the academy and from there was able to work his way up and sign a pro contract. For him to make it at the highest level of the game, he needed to leave the country. Why? What I'm going to tell you next may or may not shock you. Our system is flawed and is designed for you to fail if your goal is to play at the highest level in the world, to play with Ronaldo and Messi. Because American clubs are developing players for the MLS. The MLS is probably a top 20 league in the world, not a top five. The Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, and Liga, those are the top five leagues in the world. Okay? Now, that's not necessarily a problem if we're talking about trying to develop pros. Okay? If we're talking about developing a pro from us, no problem. If we're talking about reaching the highest level of the game, our system is flawed. I'm going to give you a second way you can notice this. Go Google the top college soccer programs. And I want you to notice how many foreign players they have. You look at, for example, UCF. I went and watched them play a year ago. Their entire 
starting 11 was foreign. We're talking about college soccer. And the entire starting 11 at UCF was foreign. And this wasn't a spring season game. This was in season. The entire starting 11 was foreign. If that doesn't give you more understanding that our system is flawed and designed for you to fail, I don't know what else will. College coaches are looking at international players, bringing them over here. I'll give you an example. At my school, we had eight American players on a 36-man roster. The rest were foreign. Hopefully that makes sense to you, the first part. Problem two is there's too much money involved. This game that I love, that we all love, isn't about the kids anymore. It's about the money. And the crazy thing is, everybody at the top of this game knows it's about money. That this system is flawed. Soccer or youth sports or youth soccer is over a billion dollar industry, I bet. From how much it costs per season to all the tournaments, camps, it's skyrocketing. There's too much money involved. Give you another example. Three years ago, a big MLS club had 11 U11 teams. Each family was paying over 2.5K, $2,500. That didn't even include uniform. Why on earth do they have 11 U11 teams? Money. It's about money. The third problem. Clubs are not delivering. You will get on average two to three practices per week. Average at best training. What that looks like, some sort of warm-up with some sort of passing activity into some sort of small-sided game like a 5v5 and then a full-size scrimmage, whatever age group you're playing. You don't get any feedback per month. You don't get a report card. You don't know how your son or daughter's doing. You don't get one-on-one meetings. Let me give you another example. At Bayern Munich, the highest or one of the best clubs in the world, in three years, Pep Guardiola did 2,000 one-on-one meetings with his players. So we're going to develop players for the highest level in the world. That's our goal, apparently. And in three years, Pep Guardiola did a 2,000 one-on-one meetings. If we're going to prepare players for that level, where are the one-on-one meetings? How about a yearly objective? You tell me. Did your club tell you 
what your child is going to learn this year? Did they say, okay, here's what little Johnny will learn this year, whatever age group it is. Let's say U12. Okay, he's going to learn this. 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 And he's going to learn this. So you can actually have something to gauge the club on. Then tell me this. How is he or she progressing with those objectives? <laughs> right. Exactly. Do you know why there's do you know why that there's so many branded clubs? And by branded, I mean clubs that you'll see like Barcelona Soccer School or Real Madrid or Liverpool. It's about money. The individuals in charge know that 99% of parents are uneducated and are going to buy into brands. Why? We all love brands. I love brands. You love brands. I would love to play for Manchester City Soccer School or Manchester City Academy. Even if the service or product isn't as good, we love brands. That's a fact. We buy into brands. My favorite team is Manchester United. When I was growing up, I bought everything or tried to buy everything related to Manchester United. It's a brand I love still to this day. Check this out. I can't give you the club name, but what I can do is I can give you the cost. So I looked at getting branding from a top pro club in France for one year. It was going to cost me 100,000 euros. I was going to get access to their logo and uniform. That's it. And maybe a couple contacts. For 100,000 euros, that's all I was going to get. But guess what, folks? We love brands. Let me, let me give you one more point to this. Okay, and then I want to move on to the next thing. A parent that I know had a conversation with another parent at a big club. They said to this person, you should stay at this one club for one to two years. Then it's time to go to a real club. And by real club, they meant a big name brand. The individual that I'm referring to, their child plays for a small local club. Grassroots, grassroots football. Grassroots football. But you need to go to a real club. Let me tell you something about the American soccer format. 7v7. 9v9. 11v11. It's flawed and designed to promote negative traits and restrict players. There's six things as a quick overview I need to give you in regards to 7v7, 9v9, and 11v11 and about how it's flawed. The first is when we take kids into this 7v7, they're not taught anything. Then it breeds kids being stuck to play a single position. 
Do you know how many players I know that have been stuck in one position for years? For years. Normally what happens is the fast kid gets put up front or he gets put in the back. There's one kid I know that played for a big club, only ever played as a number nine, a center forward, because he was fast. This promotes physicality over anything. Well, I can't lose. I got to put my big, my fast kid in the back. Can't lose. I got to put the fast player up front. It promotes kickball because of the physicality over anything approach. And kickball really stems from, in my opinion, the build-out line that we initiate at 7v7. I'm sure you've seen the same thing I have. Goalkeeper gets the ball. He has to pass it to one of the two players in the zone. The opposing team lines three players up on the line and waits for the goalkeeper to pass. What do you think the player is going to do when they have the ball? He sees three players rushing at him. Yeah, the logical thing is it's hot potato. Get rid of the ball. So what is the coach going to do? He's not going to tell him to pass it back to the goalie. He's going to tell him to send it downfield. Which brings me back to the win-at-all-cost mentality. Players go into 7v7 or start at 7v7. Barely understanding anything about the game. There's too many players. It's insane. But we love brands. Let me tell you about the Croatian Football Federation real quick. Yeah, the country that made it to the World Cup final in 2018. Their best player, Luka Modric, that year won the Ballon d'Or. Let me give you a little insight into what they do as a country. The first is their process is centered around developing pro players. Their clubs understand that they're selling clubs. That means they need to develop pros to sell them to make money. Now that's going to be another episode, but I need you to understand that premise first. The second thing is, and this is huge, they believe... There is 104 technical elements that players need to master to reach the highest level of the game. These are the same exact skills that Rakitic and a Ballon d'Or winner, Luka Modric, mastered. And guess what? Croatia says, or their federation says, these these elements need to be introduced by U13, all of them. Every single element, all 104, needs to be introduced by U13. After U13, it's strictly refinement, which means they get all these elements out there. The players start mastering them, mastering, 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 mastering. By U13, they're exposed to all of them, and they just focus on refining They play so much 1v1, 2v1, 2v2, that it's insane. They're focused on developing elite football players. 
like the next future Ballon d'Or winner, the next World Cup winners or future World Cup winners. They got to a semi, they got to a final of a World Cup. How could you even question the methodology of what they're doing? A player of theirs won a Ballon d'Or. That should tell you the level of players they're developing. Whether you think Modric deserved to win the Ballon d'Or is irrelevant. The fact is he won. For a year, he was considered the best player in the world. Let me take you to the next part before I lose my mind. Parents, I need you to wake up. You are literally paying for a service. What should you demand? What would you want to see? This is what I would want to see. Okay? Actually, what I'm really going to do is flip this. I'm going to give you a little bit more insight into it. The first is, if you're going to develop elite level players, we're not training enough. Players are skipping out on the fundamentals. They're not learning how to pass correctly, how to dribble correctly, how to do skills correctly, how to play 1v1 correctly, how to receive the ball correctly. The position of their body. We skip the tactical fundamentals of 1v1 to 5v5. Because, for example, most programs in recreational soccer start at 3v3. Because that's the guideline, or at least was, from U.S. soccer. We're missing up to 5v5. Really, I should say 6v6, but I'm just going 5v5. Because we start competitive players 7v7 when they don't even understand how to play 1v1. Then you have parents that are too concentrated and concerned about winning. Just like Brad Friedel said, it's about winning, 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 winning. Well, in reality, it should be about technique, 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 technique. Let me give you one last thing. This is a typical answer. This is like a summary that I get from parents, that they say to me. I ask them, how's it going at your club? Well, well, Kyle, not enough training. Players missing out on the fundamental techniques. Ball mastery skills. Players repeating the same type of exercises with nothing new. What that looks like, my son or daughter does a warm-up, some sort of passing activity, Then we scrimmage the rest of practice. Sound familiar? That's because our system is flawed and designed for you to fail. For your child to fail if they want to reach the highest level of the game. I plan on diving more into this episode, but as I promised you, each one will be under 20 minutes. So stay tuned for a future segment on why U.S. soccer grassroots is flawed and it's designed for you to fail. See you in the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I hope you're enjoying the podcast and finding valuable information from it. Now, I do have a quick ask of you, and that would be to make sure to follow me on all social media platforms like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, which is at Kyle C. Wilson Official, and on Twitter, which is the Kyle C. Wilson. And if you could help me do that, that would continue to help reinforce the ideas that I want to continue producing content specifically made for you guys to help educate you. And as always, you know I'm there to help as I have $23,195 worth of content available for free through my YouTube channel that will answer and help a lot of the problems that you're going through, or at least your child's going through. So if you haven't found that yet, go to the YouTube channel, Kyle C. Wilson Official. And without further ado, let's get back into the episode. 